Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast episode 49. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. I have a huge milestone coming up next week. It will be my 50th episode. I'm also very close to 50,000 downloads, which is amazing since I started this podcast not even a year ago. I am so grateful for each person who listens, and I hope that you've been blessed by the podcast as well. To celebrate, I have a giveaway, and I would love you to participate. For each Apple podcast review that comes in between now and when my 50th episode airs next Thursday, August 17th, I will add $1 to the pot for an Amazon gift card up to the amount of $50. If you've already left a review on Apple Podcasts, thank you so much. And if you could instead share the show on your social media and tag me at Simple by Emmy, it will count toward an entry as well and another dollar in the pot. But here's the thing, only the people who screenshot their review or tag me in their social sharing can be entered into the drawing taking place on August 17th. So make sure you don't miss out. You can find out more in today's show notes. My guest today is my friend, Erica Diaz Castro. She describes herself as your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. I love that. She hosts Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, where she helps anxious, overwhelmed Christian women with time management and developing a biblical mindset. In today's episode, Erica shares her powerful story about how being surrounded by chaos and chronic disorganization as a child really impacted her decision to move into the organizational and time management space, how we can manage our digital environment her best home management systems and routines, and the connection between mental and physical clutter. It is jam-packed with goodness. All the links for Erica's podcast, her community, and her course are in the show notes, so check that out for more information. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's conversation with Erica Diaz-Castro. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Hey, Erica. Hey, girl. Hey, I should say. What's up, y'all? How you doing? What's up, y'all? What's up, (laughs) y'all? I was just telling Erica how I love listening to her podcast because I laugh out loud when she begins because she's so herself. 
and just inspires me so much. And you guys are going to absolutely love her. Erica, welcome to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. Thanks for having me, Emily. And what's up, moms? Hopefully you're feeling good today. Yeah. Hopefully not too overwhelmed because they're listening. So that's good. It's a good place to start. And you and I connected in the wonderful world of podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I've just been so blessed by you. Erica is the real deal, you guys. And I always say for the guests of mine that I'm like super fangirling over. If you want to just stop the podcast, go listen, binge all her episodes and come back. (laughs) It's fine. I won't take offense. Um, But Erica is just, yeah a real blessing. I'll put it that way. So now that I'm hyping you up, girl, um, can you, (laughs) can you introduce yourself a little bit? You, your family, who you Mm -hmm. serve, how you like to spend your time when you're not serving and being a wonderful human being? Well, thanks. (laughs) I am. So my name's Erica. I call myself your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. And I help anxious, overwhelmed Christian women with time management and really cultivate a biblical mindset. And, um, someone actually recently in a group I was in asked, what's a Christian life coach. And I was like, well, it's a life coach who helps with like an area of life stuff. Some people do, you know, goals and they really focus on like goals and purpose and things like that. I help women really get themselves organized and in a, in a very healthy season so that they can rinse and repeat the, the behaviors, the habits, the tendencies, the mindset, right. That will help them to honor the Lord in the season that they're in and really be a, just a better steward of time and not be in that constant state of angst and overwhelm that we tend to get into when we're doing too many things. Yeah, that is so needed. And that's why I really appreciate your mission and your message, because it is anchored in something that really is um, so important. And so I'm very, very blessed. And you help moms in a variety of ways, which we will get into as far as like your podcast and the course and so forth. But I want to take it back, take it way back, throwback. It is where, you know, we were usually these come out on Thursday. So we'll do a yeah. throwback Thursday. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> to you growing up. And I really would love to dive in a little bit because I feel like a lot of listeners are going to resonate and, and um, be mm. able to understand this kind of your childhood and just sort of like how your relationship with stuff and your relationship with time and all of these things that we're stewarding, as you were talking about, how your childhood really impacted how you do that now as an adult and in the work that you do. I think that would be really impactful. Very good. Well, first of all, I love anything to do with organization. So I love what you talk about and just how you show up, right? I think it's really important to to have margin and to create space. And you can't do that if you have physical or mental clutter. So I learned at a very young age that a lot of people, their external environment many times is a like manifestation of what their brain is doing. And I learned that from my mom. My mom struggled and actually her entire family, all of her brothers, she's one of nine. um, They all in some way struggle with chronic disorganization, I guess is the the best way to put it because she doesn't have a hoarding disorder diagnosis. But I'm sure that if she did see a specialist, she would be diagnosed with hoarding disorder, which I know now is an actual disorder, Um, but it falls under OCD. 
And so my mom has a really hard time even now getting rid of stuff. And so when I was really young, I started to notice that it was a point of contention between my parents. My dad wanted to be more organized, though he also tends to hold on to stuff. He grew up very poor, one of 12. They didn't have a lot. So the things that he does have, he cherishes and didn't want to get rid of. My mom's issue, her biggest issue was holding on to papers, papers everywhere, papers in boxes from like 20 years before, like way past tax audit timelines. Right. And she didn't want to let them go for whatever reason. And I I thought as a young girl, like, oh, I can maybe help her. And so when I was young, I was about seven. I was in second grade and I knew Mother's Day was coming up. I want to do something nice for my mom. And the, the living room didn't have a, like a table necessarily. It was like a little coffee stand. Um, and that usually had stuff, not like beautifully staged, right? <laughs> and then there was the dining room table. And the dining room table really served as like a paper dump. The weird thing about it, or I guess this is actually pretty common, is that while it was very, very disorganized and very overwhelming to a person who is organized, my mom knew where everything was. Wow everything. And so my dad was like watching us one day. My mom was always in like doing master's programs and she was a teacher and she did a lot of things for the community. So she was very involved. And for whatever reason, she was not home for a period of time. And in that little window, I was like, Mother's Day is coming up. Let me do something nice for my mom. I'm going to organize her dining room table. So I grabbed a huge box, huge it, if you think of like what a coffee table comes in, it was that size box. And I was able to put all of her papers in a very organized way in the box. And you could see the dining room table. Again, we never ate at that table because it was always stacked with stuff. Right. Well, when my mom came home, love my mom, by the way, great relationship with her. When my mom came home, she flipped on seven-year-old me. And I know now that it was her own internal panic, right? Because she felt like she lost control of whatever she had control over on that table. And I, I really just shifted it out of sight. So it was available to her, but it wasn't in the way that she normally interacted with it. And, you know, she's like, don't touch my stuff. Don't ever do this again. And so in my brain, I'm like, all right, don't do nice things for mom again. Got it. And it was one of those things like I didn't I didn't cry about it. I wasn't I didn't take it personal. I remember looking at it like, oh, this is really strange how she's reacting. Like, I'm not going to do that when I get older. And I swung the other way. So at a very young age, I like to have stuff in order, color coded, sorted by, you know, if it was books, um, I learned about the Dewey Decimal System. Like if I could have my books in order, I did. My dolls had a certain place. I tried to stage things really nicely so that it kind of looked like a store. And, you know, for a little period of time, I would say that I fell into that habit of like having the one pile. But even that just, you know, it dissipated. I, I found a place for things. And I really craved order in a lot of ways, especially as I started to get older and we grew up in this, you know, digital era where AOL started. And, you know, I was in middle school when dial up came out. And I remember always wanting to have my virtual space very organized as well. So 
organization was my response to the disorganization around me, the disorganization that I really couldn't do anything about. So the things that I could do something about, I kept them in order as much as possible. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of my listeners and moms that I've spoken to personally, they're really struggling with their parents holding on to so much. And um, now, you know, I'm in my forties. And so when our parents are getting up in age, we're recognizing that we may have a role to play in kind of their stuff eventually, which is like a whole other thing. Um, But yeah, I used to, when I was little, I, in elementary school, I would, an indoor recess, I would clean out people's desks for um, like a quarter. Yeah, you would. So you and I are pretty similar <laughs> in that way. But yeah, I um, I do want to kind of talk about, and I know you're talking about the connection between your physical space and your mental space, mm-hmm. but because you, I think, have a uh, several skill sets that I am not as strong in, one of them, you're talking about your virtual space and having mm-hmm. that organized. I recently spoke to a mom's group and she was asking about, you know, all the photos and all of the files and all the things that we're trying to kind of keep track of. Yeah. Um, So maybe we could, if you, if that's okay with you, kind of dive into how did you start organizing that virtual space now as a mom and a business Mm -hmm. owner and all the hats that you wear, how are you able to keep that organized and how does that impact that in your physical space impact like your mental space and anxiety and, you know, your productivity and all of that. I would love any tips around that. Cause that's kind of where I struggle is the virtual mm-hmm. space. Cause it's like, as long as I don't open my computer, no one knows except right. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that would be really helpful. I think a lot of people actually experience that even in the physical, um, no one ever visited my parents' house. So no one ever actually knew how bad it was. And even now, like it's even worse now because they've lived in the same house for 20 plus years. And my one uncle went for whatever reason, my dad's pretty sick. So he went to like help. And he was like, I had no idea what was going on in there until I walked in. Like no one actually knows because my mom tends to seem like she has it together. She's very supportive and present for other people in a way it's her way of avoiding it right and I think so much of what we are not good at is not because we're not able to grow in that area but because either it doesn't feel natural or it is an emotional heaviness that we have to work through at the same time so we just kind of put our focus somewhere else so I had to deal with that and that's I think why I feel so much more confident about handling this type of stuff, like digital organization, keeping a virtual space as, you know, as neat as I want my physical space. And part of that was that I had to come to grips with what I was really upset about, right? My mom and my, and my uncles, they lost all of their things in a fire, when they were really young and they, there was not a picture that they, that was salvaged. So they all have a hard time letting go of stuff. And I only learned that like two years ago in my adulthood. So with respect to what I had to kind of process, I had to process that my mom was not going to prioritize keeping an organized space. And so I had to figure out in my brain how I could best understand what was going on around me, even if it was very chaotic. So I learned pretty young 
how to categorize things in my brain. And in a way, it kind of translated to compartmentalizing when I was kind of going through things and it affected how I process things. But ultimately, it really comes back to what bucket of life does this fall under? And then what is the subcategory that I can file this in so that when I do have to go back to search for information or secure something, right? I know at the very least where I can find it because it's in its place. So I think the first step that I would give anybody who's trying to just get it have like a foundation for getting virtually organized is to understand that your virtual space is very much like your physical house. You have a space in the kitchen where you have anything to do with the kitchen. You have a linen closet where your linens and your towels go. Very similar. So think about a Google Drive. I think that's probably something that everybody kind of has right now. So if you think about a Google Drive, you can create folders. I'm, I really don't like to have loose documents that don't live in a folder. So think about what main folders you can have, right? And if you think about life in just four categories, if you don't want to make it too complicated, it would be family, work, house, and like personal, anything that is just for you, right? And so everything to do with say copies of birth certificates or marriage licenses or things like that, that would go under family and you can make a subfolder important documents. Or if you're trying to keep pictures and you are running out of, you know, data on your phone, memory on your phone, you can go through your phone and upload the pictures that you want to keep into a picture folder under family, right? You can even find one of those services that will print the pictures into a a nice book for you if you want to have actual physical pictures. But if you want to just store them somewhere, you can store them in a folder. As soon as you take the picture, just upload it right to your folder and it just lives there. And you don't have to take that memory off of your phone. It actually helps your phone go faster. So thinking about just foundational pieces, think about the main categories in your life. And then from there, you can start to interpret or interact with whatever it is that you're looking at and engaging with and categorize it in your brain so that when it is time to put that away, because we should be resetting the room in a sense, right? Then you can put that where it goes. Yeah, I think that that's really helpful. Although, yes, my if my desktop looked like my countertop, <laughs> I would be in good shape because my countertop yeah. is completely clear. Desktop right. right now, not so much. But um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really helpful way to think about it. And I guess one of the um, one of your more recent episodes or ones I listened to about to do lists about how it's just a list of things, but it's not the actual system or process by which you are doing the things. Right. When it comes to keeping up with maintenance of our virtual space, so whether that be mm-hmm. photos, I'm pretty good at this, and that I'm not keeping a ton of photos on my phone. You know, they go on um, Google Photos and then we have a shared family album. So like you said, I kind of know where it lives as where those things live. Yeah. But the keeping up with it, what I find is that most moms are already completely buried. And yet they, when I say, okay, well, what's your system around your digital stuff? They're like, uh, I don't really have a system. <laughs> so can you give maybe a couple examples from your own life about how you are setting aside time, whether it's during the process. So you take the photo of your kid and you're putting it in the right place or at the end of the day, end of the week, 
how you're kind of processing some of this digital stuff so it doesn't keep piling up because I feel like that's the main issue I hear from the mm-hmm. moms that are really overwhelmed by their virtual things. Yeah, I like to think about things in in this way. When you brush your teeth, you don't even have to think about rinsing your mouth with water. It's just part of that process, right? And you don't have to think about putting your toothbrush and rinsing your toothbrush and then putting it back in its place. Although those are separate acts, they are part of the same system, right? I only think about this because I had to teach my daughter to rinse her mouth. I'm like, don't just walk away with the toothpaste in your mouth, come back. (laughs) And so we have the ability to create that sort of process with our virtual spaces, right? So as soon as you take the picture, you hit that little box with the arrow and send it to the place it's supposed to live immediately, right? But I think if you're not even aware that you can do that, then naturally it's not going to be something that you do automatically or, you know, start to develop that. So I think first identifying that that would be something that you benefit from is is going to be really important. And then creating the space to send the thing and kind of walking yourself through the process of, of sending a photo to its its permanent home would be beneficial as well. So that the next time you have a little photo shoot, you can send your favorite photos to that folder, to its permanent home. Now, for the women who are listening and they're like, yeah, but I get distracted or I'm doing other things. It's not a priority. It would be helpful, I think, to have that be maybe part of your nighttime routine, kind of like coming down from the day. It helps you process the day, remember and reflect, right? Maybe have an opportunity to be grateful, especially if you had a hard day, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's just a way to kind of reflect and move things back into their place. And just like you reset a room, just resetting your mind and resetting the the tools that you're, that you're maximizing on. Right. Yeah, totally. I um, did an episode about paper processing because you were talking about growing up and you never really got to use your dining room table as a dining room yeah. table. And I yeah. hear a lot of that from my listeners as well. But just that when you have the stuff coming into your space, whether that be your physical space or your virtual space with emails and whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. if you're unable to do something in the moment, like when the kids get home and they put their backpacks down, instead Mm -hmm. of just saying, okay, well, the backpack's just going to live there and the paper is just going to be on the counter. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a physical inbox with the understanding that I will be processing it as part of my evening routine, like you said. So doing some of those habit stacks and you're starting to build those, you know, the neural pathways in your brain saying, okay, this is what happens when I take a photo. This is what happens when my kid comes home from school and so forth. And so you're really able to start building some of those new habits, which I think is helpful. And I know that you use workflows for obviously your business. You Mm -hmm. are one of the queens of workflows, I would say. Um, (laughs) But when it comes to just sort of like our personal life or, you know, home management or some of the chores and that kind of thing. Are you using more like routines and kind of habit stacks for that? Or how do you sort of make sure that you're able to organize your time when it comes to some of the other ways that we are managing our life, I guess, outside of um, the virtual stuff and then also our businesses? 
Yeah, I think it's important to remember that everything has its place, just like every part of your life has its portion of the day. And so I'm committed to only doing certain things at certain times. And I've trained myself to to live that way because I want to be as present as possible. And I also want to be as efficient as possible. And if I'm trying to do too many things at once, it actually crushes my efficiency. So with that said, I can just give you an example of like a Monday, right? And Monday through Friday is pretty much the same depending on whether or not I have clients in the morning. But a normal day, I wake up about 6, 6.30, depending on whether or not my son beats me to it. But 6.30, I would say, and my morning routine, I think about a morning routine, not as like, oh, I need a protein-packed breakfast and a great workout. I think of it more as like, I'm getting my mindset ready to be available for the next thing I'm doing and to kind of like think as clearly as possible for the rest of the day. So for me, it sometimes is a shower if I feel really groggy, but most of the time I'm like, I really love washing my face. I have products that I love using. I, I have like prioritized that. So whereas years ago, I didn't care about skincare products. Now I do. And it's part of my morning routine. It gets me ready for the day. I put some worship music on or I'll put my Bible app and I'll just have the Bible app read to me or I just pray and I'm thinking about the Lord. So I I have that maybe like not even 15, 20 minutes and I'll make a cup of coffee and I'm pretty solid. Then I can get my kids ready, get them going. I've taught my kids first things first and that's a very common saying that we that we have in the house so first things is brushing our teeth brushing our hair putting on our clothes and tidying up our little area before we sit for breakfast and while the kids sit for breakfast I get them taken care of as far as like their bags for school getting the car ready and then within an hour we usually leave for school the kids are in preschool once I drop them off I go straight to the gym I get a workout I do errands in the morning and I I take care of home stuff during the morning. And then I typically sit for work about 12 to one. Um, if I don't have like, if I don't feel like being a chef for lunch (laughs) and, and then I work for a few hours in the afternoon when I'm working, I, you know, I, I pretty much grew up in corporate. My first job was a corporate job and all the way till I was like 33, 34. And so, which was only a year ago. I have learned to really treat my workspace with a great amount of respect and and just do work in my workspace. So when I'm going to do work, I make sure it's only in this little area. Unless I'm hanging out with my husband, we have something called table time, which is when we hang out during the day and still do work together. But after work, I turn off my computer like 4.30. I make dinner before I pick up my kids. And then I pick up my kids and I'm with them until it's bedtime. I don't do work when I'm with them. I'm not, you know, here and there, I'll like box or someone, right? But it's not anything that actually requires me to be on my computer. So I do what I need to do. And when I'm with my kids, I try to really be as light as possible, and not thinking about all the other things that I have going on because I've already had the time to think about those things. And I, I try not to clutter my mind with like what my to-do list has. Um, I And you know this, I see a to-do list as a list of prompts, not a list of things I need to do necessarily. It's more like, oh yeah, I 
I'm going to do this if it's not already set up in my workflow. So when I sit at the end of the day, I take a nice shower, I have some tea or decaf coffee. My daughter and I will do decaf and hot chocolate and she doesn't do decaf. She just does hot chocolate to know. (laughs) (laughs) And we read from her Bible. We talk through her day. I tell her stories. She loves like original stories from my brain. So I'm, I just pray the Lord gives me stories every day. And then she tells me stories and we have that time, you know, that's when she tells me about what's bothering her, about what her big feelings were. And if I'm thinking about work, I don't have capacity for that. Right. So then it's my turn to come down from the day. And when I do that, a lot of it is journaling, you know, just hanging out with my husband and we have incorporated uh, book time. And so in bed, we won't do electronics. Now we're just reading our books and then we come down from the day. So I put things in their place even during the day. And I really focus on being as efficient as possible, you know, getting the most out of the time that I'm sitting to do that. Even if all I'm doing is, you know, brainstorming something, which is not, you know, it's actually a lot of work to think, making sure that when I'm committing to something, I'm not committing to anything else at the same time. Because that's when we feel divided. That's when we feel guilty. That's when we feel disheveled and disorganized. And those feelings, they creep into the rest of all the things that we do, you know? Thank you so much for going through that because it's so helpful, I think, for everyone to have an understanding of like day in the life of. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love having that glimpse. And also that you are just like you have a home for everything, hopefully, in our home. We have a home for when we're doing certain tasks. So then you can be as present as possible in those moments, because that is what our kids are remembering. That is what our spouses are remembering, you know, and I think about that a lot. Like, what are my kids going to remember about their childhood? Are they going to remember me scrolling on a phone saying just a minute? Or are they going to remember me actually like looking at them, making up the stories, being present that kind of thing. And so um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I would love it if you could tell us about your podcast, about the course, just like everyone I ever talked to. I've never spoken to anyone in my life that's like, yeah, I got time management under control. I'm good. Like never, (laughs) ever, ever, ever. Maybe you, I don't know. But um, my mamas need your help. So can you tell them a little about where you're at and your course and all the things? Yeah. So first, thanks for having me on. I think it's been, it's good to talk through the different iterations of what these topics look like, right? Like physical organization in the home and like getting our, our physical space in order is so crucial. And what I didn't do before, and I realize that now is make the connection between your physical and your mental space. And what I just want to say very quickly is that when you can't think straight, it's hard to be able to, to put things in their physical place too, right? You might have some habits in place, right? And you might have some areas of your life that are organized, but for things to work really collaboratively and just complementary to each other, our headspace benefits from being as, if not more organized than our physical space, because we can actually think straight to and have the capacity to to understand what and where and how and why. So 
Definitely helpful. I would recommend anyone who is struggling to find that like mental clarity to just do like a series of brain dumps for each area of your life, not just one master list. I think it's important again for categories to exist. So in each category of your life to, to do that. Now I hang out on her renewed strength, the podcast, that's the podcast that I host and I am CEO of her renewed strength co we exist to empower and equip women to get in God's word and make time for what matters most. And we do that through time management solutions and biblical mindset coaching. So if that's something that you might be interested in, or, you know, you would benefit from, I'd love to serve you over where I am. And the podcast is totally free. We've got two episodes a week, sometimes a Bible study episode on Friday, sometimes just a topic relating to God's word and how, you know, how to practically apply it in the things that we're doing. And I do have a free Facebook community where we host Bible study. So again, we're really wanting women to get in God's word and have his word as the foundation of everything that drives your priorities and your values and your understanding. And so once a quarter, we host Bible study, usually a four week Bible study where I go live every day. And then I did release a course a couple months ago. It's called On Heaven's Timeline. And this is a Christ-centered productivity playbook that will help you get more done and have less overwhelm and really have time for what matters most. Yay. Oh, wonderful. So I'll link to all of that. And um, I'm so glad we got to chat. Me too. And as you're, like I said, you're just such a blessing in my life. So I'm glad that I can share that blessing with everyone else that's listening. So thank you so much again for being on the show. Thank you. I hope y'all are inspired to, to just be a little more intentional about your spaces. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.